It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello and welcome to Three Point Podcast, episode 159. Our team includes Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. I'm Ted Fattel of Z92.5 with Matt Burns of ESPN and Jared Fattel of Fat Stack Sports on the phone today. Thanks for all the listens, everybody, and make sure you give us a follow at 3PointPod. Well, let's get caught up to date, and I think really the major topic on our catch-up is uh, Jared bailed out of Michigan and is in sunny Arizona. How's it going? It's awesome. Uh, I'll say this. I mean, regarding how you feel about COVID, COVID does not exist here, at least compared to Michigan. You go from Michigan to Arizona, it's almost like stepping into, like, a time machine, going back to, like, when Matt was in college uh, and he was in, like, East Lansing. That's what it feels like. There's lines out of every restaurant. There's giant parties everywhere you look. It's kind of insane. There are masks, but the masks are basically you wear them until you – basically you don't even really wear them. You wear them when you walk the bathroom. That's the only time. Uh, you see masks, so it's 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 almost like a Twilight Zone episode where it doesn't feel like the same like world. I would say maybe it's not that COVID doesn't exist, but maybe the people <laughs> there are acting like it doesn't exist. Because I, I know exactly what you mean. Like where I live in Charlotte, in North Carolina, it's basically right on the border of North and South Carolina, and literally like when when we cross over into South Carolina, it's exactly what you're describing. It's like it's a different world. All of a sudden, there's no mask. It's like this pandemic isn't even a thing. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, and we should reset for our listeners, too. Jared's not only in Arizona, but you're really in the the home base of Arizona State University, aren't you? And that's perennially named the top party school in all of the U.S. Yeah, it's I can see why it is that way because, I mean, there's maybe like one or two rainy days. I think my brother's been here since July. It's rained once. Uh, but the thing that, like, I'm just going to give, like, a quick thing about why maybe somebody should come out here as, like, a visit. One, it's they call this, like, it's like a super city, essentially, where Tempe, Phoenix, uh, Mesa, Scottsdale, which is, like, where every PGA golfer lives, I've learned. 
Uh, they're all like combined. They're all like within like 15 minute drives of each other. And the like restaurants and stuff. I kid you not. There, I went to a roof yesterday that did not have, or uh, excuse me, a restaurant that didn't have a roof. It, like it just doesn't rain, so they just have like a little like outside like fortress wall with TVs all along it, and then some tables in the middle, and that's like their restaurant. And then something that I always thought would be like a problem here was the insects, but I tell you what, it's so hot here. I haven't seen a single animal other than a bird. It's kind of crazy. Like no insects, no snakes, no spiders. There's nothing. Hmm. Uh, so it's just it's just a different way of life out here, and I can see why so many people move here during the winter. You know, Ted, you know what, what I'm liking hearing about this? I know Jared's done a little bit of traveling, but I know on a previous podcast we've talked about that he hasn't explored much out of Michigan. Right. It's always nice to hear when I, we all love Michigan. Michigan's fantastic. But it's always nice to hear people kind of like be enlightened when they leave Michigan <laughs> and check out the rest of the country and be like, you know what? Hey, there's some pretty cool spots outside of the state of Michigan. I like hearing the young man say that. Yeah. Well, you know, you made your move and went out to Connecticut. You got to live that life for a while, and now you're in North Carolina, and you'll always have your Michigan roots. You'll always have your love for the, the Mitten State, if you will, but you you escaped, and, you know, you can still come back and visit. You know, Jared is still located here with me, but now that he's out seeing different areas of the country, in fact, off uh, when we were talking before we started recording, I said to Jared, I said, maybe, maybe your broadcasting career will take you to Arizona or somewhere else where, you know, you get to enjoy that great weather. But uh, yeah, that's just an awesome opportunity to be there, not only to visit your brother, so you got free room and lot, room and board, but uh, have a great time in uh, the winter season here. Well, uh, I'll say that. I know, Jared, you got some other thoughts, but I was just yeah. going to say, uh, Ted, are you kind of wondering when he's talking about this, like Arizona acting like there's no COVID and there's no lines, <laughs> no masks, all that stuff? Are you going to want him to be in studio with you next time we record when he's back in town? Oh, it's amazing how us be three work. What you say? Be very careful what you say because you haven't exactly been staying inside your house lately either. Well, I will be very careful with what I say, and uh, <laughs> you know, for what for what the our repertoire has been here. Maybe that's not the right word, but you know, we kind of read each other's minds. We haven't rehearsed this at all, but uh, I actually this week on my little catch up portion here got my first COVID shot. How about that? Oh, nice. Good job. Yeah, it, it was just kind of a random thing. I stopped in a local Rite Aid, and I just went back to the pharmacy and said, hey, what's the deal? You got any shots? Can I sign up for a shot? You know, you have to do everything online anyway, but I just thought I'd take a take a chance. And they said, well, no, we we all our appointments are filled up and everything, but uh, there's a couple of Rite Aids, you know, in the surrounding area. If you don't mind driving to Ionia, uh, they're taking uh, – you know, they're taking applications right now. So I left the pharmacy, hopped in my car, hopped on my app on my phone, and signed up for a shot the next day. So I got my first shot on Wednesday. It was a Pfizer shot, just if anybody wants to know. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling okay if Jared comes back. I feel I'll have some protection by then. So it's all good. Yeah, it should. Uh, one, one final closing thought I'll say about just being out here is I, I people who live in Michigan in the summer and move out like somewhere south like during the summer they have it right. Uh, the thing that's crazy to me is how like I don't understand how somebody could be like fat out here. Like, and I know that maybe sounds like pretty like bad to say, but like it's just it's the sun's up at 5 a.m. every morning. You're it's 80 degrees or warmer every day. You can walk everywhere. It, 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 I just don't really. It's it's just such a different experience from what I'm used to the last couple months, which is you walk outside and you gotta shovel off your car and put on winter gloves. Like it, it just makes life a lot easier. Do you feel that way, Matt? Like is that something you even think about anymore? Because I, that's like the thing about winter that probably sucks the most is just getting out of bed. Is it's just a lot harder. No, one hundred percent. And I've I've talked to my wife. My wife and I have talked about this a lot since moving down. We've been in North Carolina for five years now, so that's enough time to really like know the South, I guess. And that is one huge observation, I guess, that I've made is exactly what you're saying. And again, it's not a shot at the North or Michigan. I, I love Michigan and in the North and everything. I love the four seasons, but it is we know exactly what what you're talking about or what I'm what I'm going to say that endless cycle of that people get into and it's hard to avoid where when it gets to you know october november starts getting cold the holidays come you put on those winter you put on that extra insulation for the winter you put on those 10 pounds or whatever and then every year when it gets to be like march april starts to warm up it's oh crap i gotta get back into shape and then you kind of maybe lose a few pounds in the summer 
October, November comes, and you're back to putting on that weight. It's that endless cycle. Whereas, yes, in, in the south or Arizona or, like, down here in Carolina, it's basically nice year-round. I mean, you can run or work out outside, or like you said, the sun is up basically year-round. So, right, golf, you can golf year-round. You can be outside doing this stuff. So you don't have that, like, that endless cycle with, with those, like, winter blues where you're stuck inside for those two, three, four months. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that is definitely an observation where, like, it's easier to stay in shape year-round or be at least, like, motivated to stay in shape year-round when the weather's nice. It is true. How, how come I have a feeling that this was pointed at me for some reason? I just have that feeling in the back of my it mind. Was, <laughs> it wasn't, but, like, in an alternate universe, you are you're looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, <laughs> if you went to Arizona earlier in your life. That's the difference, I think. I will tell you guys this, though. We, you've probably heard me talk about it before. Seriously getting into because I'm coming coming down the stretch as far as my full-time working career goes. And, you know, my wife and I are already putting our plans together. We're going to be snowboarding it somewhere, and our initial plan is, you know, we're going to probably stay in Michigan until uh, the Christmas holidays, you know, and then be somewhere warm by January 1st. And the initial plan is to be somewhere warm January 1st through the end of February. It might expand, ex- expand into March as well, but the first first year or so, we'll probably just do two months, January and February. And I, I get what you guys are saying. You know, when you wake up in the morning and it's, it's you know, no snow, no freezing weather to deal with, you're going to get up and move around for sure. I'm looking forward to it. You need to do yourself a service, and you should probably go to like five different states before you make the decision. Or why don't you just do it? where you go to, like, a different place every single, like, year. You know, go to Arizona one uh, winter, go to Florida one winter, California one winter. I mean, what would stop you from doing that? Nothing, and that's a very good point. You know, we, we've actually talked about that, too. The The bonus for going to Florida is it's it's a fairly simple drive, right? And we'll have the car with us and all that, but there's no reason why we couldn't drive out to Arizona if we're going out for a two-month tour. Uh, California is high on our list, too. We love Southern California. If we could find a place in Santa Barbara that wouldn't just break the bank, we could go out there. So, you know, I'll, I'll take that advice, young fella. We'll, we'll take a look at that. Yeah, I, the biggest thing, the one thing I'm curious about, because I know especially, like you, you're saying, you know, Christmas, to be around for the holidays, probably mostly your, your grandparents now, so yep. you want to, and, you know, you have your own kids, so you want to see your kids and grandkids for the holidays and everything. But I do wonder, after those first couple of years, if uh, if those, you know, the date you're, you're saying January 1st is when you move, you go to the warm, if that starts to, like, back up. Next thing you know, it's like after Thanksgiving, you're heading to the warm. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, a lot of people do, and that could happen. I, I just have kind of watched my whole, my whole life cycle dealing with winter, and it doesn't seem to me that Thanksgiving, you know, through Christmas is that bad. You know, you might get some snow, you might get some cold, but usually you can tolerate it. That's our thought process at the moment. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, you're, you're probably already getting to that age, and we talked about shoveling yeah. a few weeks ago on the pod. I mean, that, that just – I know my parents have talked about it, you know, like downsizing when they, they sold their house in Owasso that had a lot more property. You just don't want to, like – I don't when you get to that age, you don't want to be, like, maintaining a big yard and shoveling a driveway and doing all that stuff. So, so yeah, you want to get to that warm weather. And warm weather and uh, get rid of the maintenance, just what you're talking about. You know, mowing the lawns getting to be a pain in the butt. So, yeah. Uh, heck, just driving here and uh, getting to the studios to record this podcast is tough stuff. <laughs> so anyway, uh, all right, anything else, Jared, on your trip you want to pass on before we talk a little local here? No, no, I think uh, you guys have heard my spiel about, you know, making a trip out here at least once. Yeah. Sometime. Well, have a good rest of the week. I can't wait to hear more about uh, your vacation down there, and uh, we'll definitely catch up when you get back. Now, another neat thing about this podcast, we're really starting to get a lot of listeners here in our area especially, and, you know, uh, we got a shout-out from New Lothrop's Wrestling Twitter site. They, they said, hey, how about some love on your podcast about uh, New Lothrop Wrestling? Well, first of all, we've talked a lot, and we've given a lot of love to New Lothrop with Clint Galvis and the football team, but their wrestling squad, I mean, <laughs> what can you say about uh, what they've done throughout the years? Probably the top uh, wrestler wrestling program in the entire state of Michigan, but uh, we'll give them some love. You know, I know uh, they're number three ranked right now, and of course we saw Cam Orr, how, how much of a stud he was on the football field. Well, he and Jackson Knieper just this last week picked up win career win number 100. But what can you say about a, a school like New Lothrop and all their sports that they're so successful in? In fact, when we did the basketball game Friday night, you know, we pulled in. They have 
the brand new street sign, 26 Championship Drive. <laughs> it's just amazing. That is awesome. And, you know, something I remember, you know, I know I've, I've been out, out of the state for a little while now, but uh, at least from back in my day, like what I remember growing up in Corona, and, you know, you guys can probably attest to this, those, those towns in mid-Michigan and you know, all over the state too, but definitely in mid-Michigan, if it's a strong football program school, like a new Lothar, or, you know, like Corona or, you know, some of those other schools, a lot of times the wrestling program is going to be pretty solid too. Like, you know, you might have those years that one or the other are down a little bit, but, you know, just talking about Corona and, you know, when I was going, when I was growing up in Corona, Dave Robertson was the coach and he's one of the best wrestling coaches in, in the history of Michigan wrestling. But, you know, you, you have those guys who, who are on the football team, you know, like you're mentioning Cam Moore or like I'm remembering some of the guys I played football with or whatever, who played linebacker, played, you know, offensive line or, you know, whatever position, and then they can slide right into wrestling and, you know, they're just a perfect fit for wrestling. So it's no surprise to me that New Lothrop's a juggernaut in football and it just translates right onto the wrestling mat. So that's cool. It is cool. And it's funny because the more and more I've been thinking about it is we've, we've, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before how all of, you know, Shiawassee County needs to become like their own sports conference. But then when you think about it, I'm pretty sure New Lothrop would dominate in football, dominate in wrestling, and dominate in baseball. So, and they're like the smallest school out of all of them. So that just tells you how strong the community is. But more importantly, just like how good their coaches are. It's crazy that they're just a factory of athletes when there's not much to their school. When you pull up, like, yeah, there's a championship drive, but it's a little small, little school, small town, football field's not even that nice. Uh, but yet they just they find a way to win in, any, in everything. Yeah, and, you know, in fairness, they have been doing some upgrades because of the spoils of victory, you know. I mean, the football field, eh, the press box could be uh, updated, but they have done some things on the actual turf on the field. And uh, we were over in the gym on Friday night, and uh, they have brand new brand new floor and brand new bleachers. I mean, it's, it's top-notch. So they have uh, taken some of this success and put it into the program. And, again, uh, a, a tremendous uh, athletic program over there in New Lothrop, and we always enjoy going over there and giving them some love and speaking of giving love you know uh, jared's down there where you know they have no care in the world for covid <laughs> with social <laughs> distancing but you know we are starting to see the state of michigan now opening up a little bit they're starting to allow fans into games more and uh in fact the game we did the other night it, it actually felt like a high school basketball game you know i think they're allowing uh, you know 50 percent capacity now and uh it's kind of it's good to see it's good to see maybe we've gotten over the hump a little bit I think it was Crown uh, Athletics or one of one of Corona's Twitter pages tweeted out, or maybe I saw it on Instagram, but that they were giving away. I think it was like a hundred students could come to Corona's last basketball game for free. Right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. Yeah. So I was going to ask you if, or, or Jared, if I know you are maybe covering some high school games. Like, is it is it starting to feel a little more like electric, or is it you know kind of getting back to like what you said? Now it's feeling a little more normal. It feels more normal. I- I haven't been there since they up the. Uh, I mean, students are what make high school basketball games. I mean, when there's an awesome student section, yes. it, that's what brings the electricity. So, I mean, although it's a hundred people, that is something. When you think about it, what is that like three rows? It's not going to necessarily change it. I don't think it's better than what they've had. Uh, but not to go on like a soapbox for a second or whatever. But I'm all for all the you know the COVID restrictions and everything that we're doing. The six, but when you actually like watch, like I've I've only seen two high school basketball games this year. But you look at the bench, and they're, like, they're, quote, unquote, six feet apart, but yet they're all, like, all the chairs end up scrunched together on the bench. <laughs> There's no jump ball for some reason, even though they're playing a basketball game. They can't do a jump ball, so they have to do a coin toss. Uh, I, there's just so many things that I just don't necessarily understand why they've made these, like, changes. Yeah, it makes you wonder on what extreme, you know, where, where do you stop? Because I agree with you on the jump ball. I mean, for goodness sake, I mean – it takes about two seconds to toss the ball up. <laughs> I mean, you know? it's just funny how that gets written into a rule. Like, I would love to have been in the meeting where they decided that they're not going to do a jump ball. Yeah. I think they have a rule, too. I haven't looked it up, but I think there's a rule that if the referees want to, they can call an official's timeout just so they can, you know, take a break, pull their mask down, and get some air, you know, because they're pl- everybody has to wear the mask, you know. So it's definitely strange. It's not the same, but it is getting a little better, you know. And, and you do bring up a good point, though, without the – Without the student sections, you know, going through their cheers and no pep bands allowed, uh, it's not the same, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, I yeah, that's, have a quick... that's the thing too. 
like you said, Jared, when you started off that, you know, you're on board with the restrictions. And that's kind of, I'm, yeah. I'm all on board with the restrictions that whether it's pro college or high school sports, they're trying to still keep people safe. So that's cool. But I have laughed, like just uh, talking about the, the bench, you brought up the bench and people being spaced apart. I've thought about that with NBA games. Like they still have the NBA benches, like all the, the chairs are like spaced out. Even the coaches, I think they're doing it in college too. And I've just thought like, again, cool. If you, you know, you're trying to keep everyone spaced out, but then we know on the court, they're not spaced out. And then like when they get into the locker room, they're not spaced out. So that's just one I've thought like, okay, cool. Go ahead and keep them spaced out on the bench. But then the rest of the time at practice in the locker room and other stuff, they're not spaced out. So kind of like whatever. I was going to say real quick too, you, you mentioned the coin flip. One of our, a friend of the podcast, a Cavalier, I, I play, I, he graduated with me, Kyle Clough. Uh, he's now coaching up at Rockford. Hmm. He tweeted out uh, yesterday that his team up at Rockford, he's coaching the varsity team, they won a game in triple overtime, but he gave kudos to his assistant coach because he won three straight coin flips in the overtime to get the ball first. So that's like a, it's a completely different like aspect of the game now. Yeah, your assistant coach going out there and calling heads or tails for the coin flip to see who gets the ball first. So that, that was pretty funny. I, I don't know. I can't get past the jump ball thing. I just imagine some old geezer. Oh, thank God they're not doing jump balls, man. That would be really dangerous. Like it just, it just blows my mind that that was ever written into rule. But Ted, I actually have a question for you. Okay. As the mask, like the one thing I was worried about with basketball. And is like the mask. Have you, in all the games you've covered this year, is it like, do they end up getting in the players' eyes? Are kids like grabbing them? Are kids like wearing them around their neck? Like, how, what has that been like? It, it hasn't gone in their eyes, but yeah, it's, it, you can see every once in a while it'll go down to their chin or they'll take it all the way down, you know, so they're not getting any protection at all. And usually the referee will just tell them, hey, pull the mask up. So it does happen quite often, but for the most part, I would say. Probably 90% of the time, they adhere to it really well. I mean, they keep the mask on. You see every once in a while, like a, a rubber band thing will break, and they have to call, you know, there's an official timeout, and they have to go to the sideline, get a new mask, go back in. It's it's just different. So it's turning into the keep your jerseys tucked in. Exactly. Players, most players would always have their jersey tucked in, but there would always be that dude, you know, who would want their jersey tucked out. The ref would always have to say, Tuck your jersey in, tuck your jersey in. So it's kind of the same as that. Absolutely the same. Yep, yep. Well, you, you talked about a little bit that uh, college hoops is different with the way they got the uh, social distancing set up. Let's get into a little college basketball talk here in just a second. But first, take a listen to this. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street, give them a follow on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. All right, so we're recording on Sunday, and we know in a few hours Michigan-Michigan State are going to play again for the second time, almost in a sense a rematch from the game a few days ago on Thursday that Michigan won in blowout fashion. And we put out a video with our initial thoughts on Twitter, so – we don't have to get too deep into it, but we've got to talk about at least Michigan and Juwan Howard winning the Big Ten title in just his second season at Michigan. And I know it's been a weird year, Michigan State's down, and just all the COVID stuff, everyone playing a different amount of games, and, you know, it's kind of a crazy year. 
But it's crazy impressive. I mean, I, I know we're a Michigan fan, so obviously we're impressed. But it is impressive to see in the second year that Juwan's at Michigan being head coach that they're winning the Big Ten title. I mean, it, it, it is impressive, don't, don't you think? Yeah, it, it's super impressive. And, I mean, basically, what else more can we say than Jawan Howard should be the unanimous uh, coach of the year. Uh, and we talked about it last week, how Phil Martelli gets a lot of the credit. But you just got to go back to Jawan Howard. I mean, the guy is so likable. He, you you want to root for him. You want him to win. And I feel like that's kind of something that's not very common in college basketball. I mean, maybe like like I'm just thinking all the time I had like Shaka Smart. I like him. Eric Musselman, him. But other than that, it's the guys like Coach K. It's Coach Calipari. It's a lot of like kind of villains. And I feel like Juwan, <laughs> at least in the Big Ten, is sort of like the hero. And maybe I'm just saying that because I'm a Michigan fan, but I genuinely think that that's how a lot of people view this guy. And I think that's partially why he's going to be able to recruit with the best of them as long as he's in college basketball. Yeah, you know, you look back just a couple of years ago when John Beeline left and, you know, it was a tough part of the, the recruiting season when he took off and, you know, Michigan was kind of stuck and they were so fortunate to get Juwan Howard, but there was a lot of naysayers out there saying, that's terrible, he's like the third or fourth choice, blah, 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 but you're right. He has shown that he is uh, the key to this Michigan team, really, and should be the unanimous coach of the year. And how cool was it? You know, I tweeted it. I, I wasn't the first one, but uh, with John Beeline, who really set the stage for for the Michigan turnaround in their program, and uh, sitting on the top of the stands there at Chrysler, and then Juwan, you know, giving him a clap and sending him a shout-out. It's just so cool to see. And like I tweeted, boy, there'd be it'd be so awesome to see Beeline back in the program somehow. You know, I don't know if Juwan would be looking over his shoulder – I think it would just be a great fit. No, and I think Beeline, I think that's something that I, I would say the vast majority of people recognize that he kind of, not like necessarily on a silver platter, but, you know, the program was in pretty great hands when Juwan took it over. Yeah, you didn't know, like, you know, because a couple guys did transfer and you weren't sure exactly who Juwan was going to land, you know, with recruits or the transfer portal. So, you know, maybe there was a little bit of a, a question mark. But Michigan was – doing pretty well when Juwan took over, and that's all the credit to like what you're saying with, with John Beeline, and it would be awesome. You know, he gave the NBA a shot. Obviously, it didn't work out, but everyone at Michigan just loves the guy. I mean, Michigan fans, the administration, I, I would assume everyone at Michigan loves John Beeline, so it would be cool to see him come back in some sort of role, and I honestly don't think, especially if Juwan goes on to win the Big Ten tournament and maybe goes to a Final Four, I don't think he'd be looking over his shoulder at all, and I think there would be that like mutual respect. Like Beeline would be like, "This is your program now. I'm just here as you know whatever the role is, an administrator or something." And you know, I'll I'll answer some questions if you got questions, but you know, I think that respect would be there. And it was cool to see because there's still a couple of players on the team this year that were recruited by Beeline, so it was cool to see them like you know uh, give him a little credit and stuff, but. But, yeah, I'm curious to see. We're going to talk about the game later. I'm curious to see how this game on Sunday plays out, like what team comes out and throws the first punch. Well, I know Jared's the Michigan State hater. Let's throw this out on the table. I, I saw earlier this week, you know, when Michigan State was playing pretty well, came up with a couple wins against, what, Illinois and Ohio State, and uh, Aaron Henry was playing halfway decent. I, I saw a lo it might have been Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal or some, some media type said that Aaron Henry – he should go down as an all-time Spartan great. And when I read that, I go, are you serious? He's a pretty good player, but an all-time Spartan great? What are you guys' thoughts on that? No, you can't call him an all-time Spartan. One, he doesn't have what is like his most memorable moment, uh, basically when Izzo screamed at him in a tournament game when they were losing to a 15 seed. Like, is that like, That's the number one thing that comes to my mind. The guy has been, yeah, like you said, pretty good college player. This year, I would say he's underperformed. Other than a game here or there, they really needed him to be like the elite scorer, like all Big Ten type player, and he just hasn't been that. He, so I don't, I don't even know how honestly you can even say he's an all-time Spartan great. Michigan State, whether you like it or not, has a very rich basketball history. Yeah, they do. Uh, he's nowhere, anywhere near probably the top 100 players that have gone through Michigan State. I, I'm, I'm 100% on board with you. Top 100, though, I'd be curious to like, yeah, probably not break top it down. Yeah, that, that might be like a little exaggerated. But, no, I'm 100% I'm on board with what you're saying. He doesn't – yeah, his moment probably is that you remember from Aaron Henry is that moment you're talking about when Izzo was screaming in his face. And, you know, he has a chance. Who knows? Maybe he gets hot. We've seen guys like 
Derek Walton, you know, a few years ago with Michigan got hot and they ran the table in the Big Ten tournament. Maybe Aaron Henry has that. Maybe he catches fire and Michigan State pulls a couple of upsets and they make a run in the Big Ten tournament. Maybe that's what he would need to kind of catapult him up there. But, yeah, when you think about I mean, just throwing out a few, like Mateen Cleaves, Cassius Winston, Draymond Green, like there's no way, obviously, like Magic Johnson, there's no way you can put Aaron Henry up up on a, you know, up there with those guys because he just hasn't had that moment. But he's a good player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll give him that. He's a good player. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that for sure. Um, you know, back to the game. I mean, how sweet was it to see Michigan bounce back after that? Uh, I guess probably they were due for a game like they had against Illinois, but there was no juice. They, maybe they were looking a little bit ahead to play Michigan State. Maybe they were wore out a little bit, but Illinois just killed them. And it's nice to see that they just bounced back and took it right to the Spartans. It, it, it almost didn't seem real, uh, them losing to Illinois. It, it, was, it was like watching Michigan from years years past. Like, this team does not do that. Right. Uh, and it was shocking, but I love how, like you said, quick turnaround, no better way to get the juices fired back up than a rivalry game against Michigan State. Uh, and, can, like, what do you guys think in regards to the game? They, Michigan State could hardly score for 12, 13, 14 minutes. Was that a mix of Michigan State just not being very good on offense, or is that this Michigan defense team is really just like that good on defense? I mean, I, I think it's a combination of the two. We, we've watched Michigan State all year, and that's probably one of the biggest places they've struggled is on offense. They can't find like a good flow, and they're one of the best, not just in the Big Ten, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they did. They put the shackles on them in the second half. And, yeah, it was like a 12- or 13-minute stretch. They didn't score. Michigan State didn't make a three. They were 0 of 9 from three for the whole game. And I, I honestly think that's kind of where they won the game. And that's where Michigan – that's what was weird with the Illinois game. That's where Michigan has, like, shined all year. Their offense has been cool and Dickinson and all that. But their defense has been, like, just amazing. And against Illinois, it just seemed like they couldn't, they couldn't like, figure it out or whatever. So, so, yeah, seeing them do that to Michigan State was really cool. And, you know, any time that – Michigan pulls away from Michigan State like that. I'll, I'll always enjoy that. Well, it was a fun game, and, you know, when you can beat your rival to clinch a Big Ten title, that, that just made it all the sweeter for sure. Oh, you can better. And, I mean, my, my favorite thing, and I know, Jared, you definitely loved it. Ted, probably not so much because you're our, you're our Spartan Slappy on the podcast. But, <laughs> like you said, seeing them run out onto the court and celebrate confetti falling from the ceiling at Chrysler – and Tom Izzo walking away dejected. I think that was my favorite thing. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's, it's everything we wanted J- Jim Harbaugh to do to Mark D'Antonio, but he never could quite do. That's what we're getting right now with Juwan to Tom Izzo. Do you, I threw it out in our little quick rea- reaction uh, video. Honest question, let's take off the Michigan blinders. Would, do you think that Michigan State should be in the tournament? Let's say they lose to Michigan and then – you know, they're projected as, you know, the 9 or 10 seed in the Big Ten tournament. Let's say they win one or maybe two games against lesser teams in the Big Ten tournament before they lose to, like, a Michigan or an Illinois or Ohio State. Do you honestly think that that team should be in the tournament, whether it's first four in or first four, whatever the heck the playing game? Do you think they honestly should be in? I'm not totally against them being in a play-in matchup, but the way I look at it, they have a chance to, to get into the NCAA tournament, win the Big Ten tournament championship then you're in otherwise no yeah I, I think like the scenario would if they win today on Sunday you know by the time this podcast drops we'll know how Sunday plays out but if they beat Michigan today on Sunday and then especially if if it does play out where they get to play Michigan again in the Big Ten tournament and win that like I feel like they need another one or two signature wins which I guess it might end up being against Michigan or, or their opportunity then, yeah, you can make the case for them. But personally, like if they lose today on Sunday and don't win, don't win a game in the Big Ten tournament, I don't think they should be in. No way. Because otherwise their only two signature wins are Ohio State and Illinois. The rest of the season, they've actually been pretty bad. You know, they have those two big wins over Illinois and Ohio State, and that's it. So, But you know the tournament, you know the selection committee wants to get Tom Izzo in there. They, they want to do everything they can to get Coach K, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen either. There's no way they get in, though, do they? If Michigan beats them on Sunday and then uh, Michigan State doesn't win a game in the Big Ten tournament, I think they're matched up against Rutgers. If they lose that, if they lose their last two games, there's no way. It doesn't even matter if Izzo is God that they're getting in the tournament, is there? 
I would say every year there's a team like Michigan State that makes it. I remember it was like UCLA three or four years ago, uh, USC a couple years ago. They 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 always shaft the teams like a Drake. Let's say I just it doesn't sit right with me in my stomach knowing watching this Michigan State. I've seen more games than just about anyone. I feel like of Michigan State they. They don't really play that hard. They don't like each other. Like, their chemistry just looks so bad. It looks like they're not even having fun. They've been holding on to this COVID break excuse for the entire season for why they didn't play well. And yet Michigan, another program who had an even longer layoff, came back and just rattled off wins. They, yeah. it, it, just, it does not seem right that a team like that that's just happy to like just happy to be there. They don't give a shit whether they make the tournament or not, really, because they make it every single year. Is going to take a place over a team like a mid-major team that dominant. Win, let's say they win their conference and then they lose in the conference championship game and they miss out. It, it, yeah. it just I, as much as I want to watch Aaron Henry uh, and all these guys, you know, Michigan State is probably the most boring team to watch in the country playing a playing game. Like we need some other get another team that deserves it more than this team does into the tournament. Maybe I am just a state hater. But that's honestly the way I view it. Is it's not fair that they should get into the tournament with the way they play. They don't deserve it. They played the Big Ten. They have some big wins. But if you play the Big Ten schedule and you have a pulse, you're gonna catch a team like Michigan against Illinois a few nights ago, where it's just it's just not going right for you. When you're playing all these ranked teams, you're gonna have the ball bounce your way one night, and that's what happened with yeah. Illinois and Ohio State. They were hot for two games. That does not make up for what has been just a terrible uh, team this entire year. It's similar to the argument in college football with, like, we were really trying to make a case for Texas A&M to get into the college football playoff, and Cincinnati sitting over there like, hey, man, we ran the table and played, like, a pretty decent schedule. Why are we, like, barely in the conversation to get in the college football playoff? It's, you know, it's similar to that. Like, yeah, like you're saying, why would you hold out a Drake who's had a great season, won a ton of games, and, you know, yeah, they don't have the name that Michigan State does, but if you've watched Michigan State all year, outside of those two games, they've been a below-average team. So it's a similar argument, and you know it just sucks because a billion teams make the NCAA tournament, it feels like, and there's still a bunch of teams that are deserving, and they get left out because a Michigan State or a Duke or a UCLA has to get in. But what can you do? Right. Before we, before we get into that, we're going to go to some commercials in a second. Before we go there, I want to get your guys' quick thoughts. What do you think about – so Illinois yesterday on Saturday beat Ohio State, and they're just chirping. Their head coach, Brad Underwood, one of their players, Trent Frazier, he was after the game, he's holding up a sign that says Big Ten champs. Their coach, like I said, Underwood, he's, he's throwing out statements like, we've played all of our games, and we've won the most games in the Big Ten. And he's clearly taking a shot at Michigan because Michigan had to cancel a couple games because of their COVID layoff. So they're, they're trying to make a case that they should be Big Ten co-champs. Are you – we're Michigan fans, so we're not on board with that, or or do you think there's something to it? <laughs> I There is some validity to it. I mean, especially when you beat Michigan by 30. I mean, that's quite a statement victory without their best player. But other than that, I don't know how they could really say that. I mean, COVID has made this whole season weird, and Michigan has shown, like, just night in and night out that they are the best team in the Big Ten. They had a bad game against Illinois. I understand what he's saying, but it, it doesn't really matter. Like, honest question. Do you guys genuinely care that we won the big time? For me, it's kind of just like a, a milestone. I don't really care too much. If it was a Big Ten football title, that means a lot more to me than a Big Ten basketball title. Yeah, I, ca- I cared. I mean, it's step one. I care more about uh, making it to the Final Four and maybe winning the national championship. But, yeah, I cared about it, but uh, it's it's just step one. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a step. That It is true that a Big Ten championship in football – feels like it does hold a little more weight, but it is still like it's a notch. It's a banner to hang at Chrysler, especially like for Juwan, year two, already won the Big Ten, and it's not a co-championship like with Michigan State or Illinois. Outright, Big Ten champs for Juwan in Michigan. So it is kind of – it's like a recruiting tool, I feel like. You know, like – but really, we know what college basketball is all about. It's if you can make the Final Four and obviously win a national title. So – so, yeah, I just, it, it's funny to see, you know, obviously if, if we were Illinois fans, maybe we'd have, maybe we wouldn't be crying or whining like you're talking about, Ted, but 
It is just funny to see other fan bases start saying, like, we should be Big Ten champs. We should be Big Ten champs. Wow. I'll say this. <laughs> I, I don't mind adding another rival uh, to Michigan's, uh, like, schedule. I, I like Brad Underwood. It seems like their program is going to be here to stay. Yep. Uh, and I wouldn't be shocked if we see a potential rematch of, of Michigan and Illinois in the Big Ten championship and then another rematch uh, if both teams make it to the Final Four. I'm here for it. I like watching both teams, and they it's fun whenever they play each other because it's just such, like, kind of different styles. Yeah, and it's good to see the two big men go head-to-head, too. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Yep, yep. that'd be a hell of a rematch if it was in the Big Ten Championship, the Big Ten Tournament Championship. Well, we'll see how our takes hold up because we're recording this before the Michigan-Michigan State game, and coming up next is going to be we're going to hop into the locker room and talk about the Michigan State-Michigan game and maybe a little bit more in college basketball right after this. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. Nelson House Funeral Homes' top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at nelson-house.com. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing a 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul school spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at Hankard.Sportswear. All right, for everyone listening on the podcast, we are recording this just after the big win for the Spartans at Breslin over Michigan. We're on the Locker Room app. Uh, You can download the Locker Room app for free. It's easy to sign up, easy to get on here and get involved in some of these chats so we do things on here often so go ahead and check out the locker room app and for anyone out there listening on a locker room we're three point podcast you can find us on all social media at three point pod and look up uh three point podcast wherever you get your podcast so so yeah let's talk about this michigan michigan state game uh, i'll give my initial thoughts super weird game i mean from the start it looked like michigan was a little out of sorts. I think we knew that Michigan State was going to come out with a ton of energy. I saw a lot of people saying, like, ah, this game doesn't mean anything for Michigan, whatever. They've already got it wrapped up. Those people are, frankly, they're stupid because this game still meant a ton. You could see that when the started going. It still meant a bunch for both teams. But a weird game from the start for Michigan, and then when Brooks went down, we see that clearly he is a huge part of this game. Even or of, of this team, even if he doesn't score a ton of points and do that kind of stuff, you know he's a huge part of this team. So, so I'll be curious to see what they say about Brooks. But you know, it was cool to see Michigan fight and keep fighting until the end, not give up. You know that kind of thing. But hey, credit Michigan State. They played hard. Watts had an awesome game. Hauser had some big buckets. So credit Michigan State because they got the win and probably are going to make the tournament now. Uh, here's what I'm – the story number one, two, and three about this game is Eli Brooks is basically his health. Nobody – Michigan – people are going to say, like, oh, Michigan State, like, like people are going to lose their mind over Michigan State finally looking like a team that deserves to be in the tournament. This was a team that had their back against the wall, literally needed to win the game. Michigan couldn't really care less, already won the Big Ten, lost their starting point guard two seconds into the game, probably were a little bit more worried about that than this game. So, I don't know. I, it's just depressing that this team pretty much needed – every guy on this roster if we wanted to win a national championship and it's not looking good right now well we're going to see what juan howard can do and and how they can regroup you know uh brooks huge part of the team without a doubt you could see that uh, the wind went out of their sails for quite a while they fought their way back that was impressive but yeah michigan state had a lot more to play for today and and they proved it you know they came out took care of business and made themselves probably one more win to guarantee themselves a spot in the uh, tournament but you know what Michigan's going to have to do with Howard now is he's going to have to spread out more minutes to you know, Chande Brown, some of these other guys, and they just got to suck it up and see what they can do without Brooks. I'm going to guess he's out for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, that that turned ankle looked pretty bad. And so, I, I mean, before we 
talk about the game a little more. What do you guys think, like, with Brooks? He was in the boot. But, you know, that, that could just be completely precautionary. What's going on over there, Jared? You uh, Jared's having a party. I'm getting in the car right now. I'm sorry. I, yeah, you I, it's a long story, but <laughs> are you on uh, Arizona right State's campus? Are you on Arizona State's campus right now, or what? Uh yes. I well, I'm on like their main, their East Lansing Main Street. Okay, well, we'll we'll keep this. We'll make this short so you can get back to your party. But uh, the the question I was going to throw out. So with Brooks, you know, he was in the boot. So obviously that could be completely precautionary. You know, just trying to stabilize the foot, but or the ankle. But do you think like with the Big Ten tournament coming up? Even if it is like he could be questionable, game time decision. Do you would you guys keep him out of the Big Ten tournament no matter what, and just get him good for the NCAA tournament? One hundred percent for me. No way would yeah. I play him. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not playing him either. And I, but the fact is, we just got to accept pretty much. I'm guessing almost one hundred percent we're not going to have him for the tournament. Even if we do have him, he's going to be coming off of two weeks without conditioning, stepping right into. Like the tournament, he's just not going to be the same player that he was. Like we don't really have another guy that can fill his shoes. It doesn't seem like either, at least from what I saw today. And we don't have a guard that can defend apparently because Rocket Watts, who is averaging six points, shooting twenty-two percent from the field the last two months, put up twenty-one points today and could not yeah. miss. So I, it's just, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit more upset about this loss than you guys are, but it's looking pretty bleak. No, I, I I'm definitely upset because you know I think. Knowing that just a, a two games ago, they Michigan got their doors blown off by Illinois, and Illinois kind of showed maybe like a way that a weakness, I guess, that Michigan has, and maybe exposed Michigan a little bit. I know it was just one game, but you know they they, they maybe showed maybe some weaknesses that Michigan has, and then you see this. You come out in a rivalry game. I know Michigan just won the Big Ten. Maybe they did come out a little flat, but it's still a huge game, and you're you're going up against your rival to maybe keep them out of the NCAA tournament. So to see their offense come out and look that flat, that's what is a little concerning heading into tournament play. Because you know, if it was if it was a like a clean game, they played both teams played great, and you know MSU just kind of pull it out at the end. That'd maybe just be like a tip your cap, you know, that's a heck of a rivalry game. But seeing the offense look just completely out of sorts, and then now knowing that Brooks, like you said, Ted, may be out for a couple weeks, two or three weeks, that's a little concerning heading into tournament play. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, you know, the thing that's, that is disappointing, and we, we have to focus on Brooks a lot, let's face it, that was a huge moment in the game. But when you look at where what Michigan really had to lose – they had really nothing to gain. Yeah, you beat your rival, but but to suffer an injury like that in a game that's meaningless, that's what even makes it worse. Yeah. I actually kind of – it was it seemed like such a dumb argument at the time, but actually right before this game, it was my, me, my dad, my brother were talking about it, how should Michigan just rest their starters? And I was actually on the fence saying that that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's a rivalry game. It's basketball. Guys don't get hurt. And then almost like clockwork two minutes into the game he's hurt so maybe i jinxed it i don't know way to yeah. go mr karma and i, I yeah. imagine i imagine your head will also explode jared if uh sparty's come back and beat michigan on a neutral court, court next week oh man I, i'll say this about michigan state the fact if they get into the tournament they're gonna be dangerous i mean they just beat the number two team in the country uh, if they have a hot night if rocket watts like if he's just red hot for the rest of march they could make it to uh, like they could make a run which is i mean the thing the thing i'll say to that is i I think you are onto something we knew that michigan state had a ton of talent with this team that's why they were so highly ranked preseason but like you just said a a minute or two ago rocket watts hasn't been doing this all season so so yes like if if he plays like that in the tournament uh yeah they could definitely make a run or if josh langford or if hauser you know gets on a little bit of a roll 100 percent michigan state could make a run I'm not. I wouldn't like put my money on them. I would still like probably put my money on Michigan figuring it out. I think the Brooks thing is huge though, because kind of like what you were saying. You know, we talked about on the podcast before Shonday Brown and how big he's been for this team. And I think we've talked about it before, where some guys are just better in like the, those certain roles. Maybe he is better as that like sixth man coming off the bench, just bringing that energy for his short spurts, you know, those four or five-minute spurts that he plays. And if he has to get put into the starting lineup and play, like, a lot more extended minutes, 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's not really the role that he's going to thrive in. So that's where it could throw things out of whack. Because then, right, the freshman Zeb Jackson has to start playing more. Brandon Johns maybe has to start playing some more. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm not like all of a sudden being like Michigan's done. They're out of it because they, they're still a very good team. And I think I do trust Jawan and his staff to figure it out. But, but yeah. <laughs> but, guy, like, what about – I'm maybe I'm alone in this, but Franz Wagner, I – this whole season, I've, kind of, I've yeah. kind of been quiet about it, but I have not understood. Like, I'm hearing stories how he's, like, the number one NBA prospect in the Big Ten right now. Hmm. I have not seen this. Like, Rocket Watts had a better game today than Wagner's had his entire career. So, I don't yeah. – is it the name? I don't know. Is it because he's got potential? What is it that everyone keeps, like, clamoring about this guy? I mean, I guess person, my opinion is, I mean, the name definitely probably helps, but he does show everything. You know, he's got like the length. His defense is still fantastic. When he, when he doesn't necessarily have like a good offensive game, I think he's still one of the best defenders in the Big Ten, if not the best defender in the Big Ten. Because, I mean, he, he's kind of like locking up, you know, like an Aaron Henry or some of the other team's best players. But the offense, he just like – I, I can't, like, figure out what, what his, like, go-to move is because, like, I think he just, like, tries to get to the hole. I think he's better, like, creating when someone, like, sets him up. You know, like, if he just has the ball and has to go, like, one-on-one, I don't think that's where he thrives. You know, if someone like Dickinson kind of gets doubled and kicks it out to him or something like that. But, yeah, he, he, he either has, like, a great game like he did the other night against Michigan State or he plays like he did today and it's it's not so good, so – yeah, and that that's what we've said before. Yeah. Like M- Michigan maybe lacks like a, a like a shot creator, and that's what Watts was doing. Watts was just hitting some tough shots. So, well, I know you guys don't want to give credit to him, but uh, you know that may be a result of Tom Izzo and a nah. uh, little coaching this week. It was. I wonder if they bas- if he basically just said we're we're going all we're saving all of our stuff, all of our secrets for this last home game because they probably, probably yeah. knew they had to win just one of these games against Michigan. Yeah. They got lucky with the schedule as well. I mean, it's hard to beat your rival two times in back-to-back games when the very first time you beat them is by 30 points. It's just, they never were going to have the same amount of juice as Michigan State today. Uh, and unfortunately, this team, Michigan State is such a team of like just quitters that if we would have just stuck up to them like the first few minutes, they probably would have lost by 30 again. But we didn't. So this is what yeah. we have to deal with. Yeah, so I guess we've kind of – I mean, we broke down the game a little bit, but we've kind of talked a little bit about the NCAA and the Big Ten tournament. But – I mean, I guess that our main thoughts are kind of what we've said already. The Brooks thing is huge for Michigan. And if Michigan State can play like they did today, they might actually be able to win a couple games. So is that kind of where we sit? Like, I, I, like it's almost like a pretty big unknown with both teams. Because if Brooks is out, if Brooks is out for an extended period of time, like to me for Michigan, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they do. Like if they just put Shawnee Brown in the starting lineup and kind of keep rolling with it or if they try and do something different and if Michigan State can play like this and win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament get some momentum rolling right like you said Ted especially if they can beat Michigan again oh they'll go into the NCAA tournament believing they can make a run to the final four well the other one question I do have and this might be silly because it looked like all four number one seeds were a lock but if Michigan plays poorly again against Michigan State do you think there's any chance they slip to a two no, I, I think they've got the one locked up. Okay. Yeah, like Lenardi and some of the other bracketologists have basically said they've got a one locked up. But, I mean, maybe, you know, if something else, like if Illinois or, you know, someone else like that is that kind of like a bubble number one seed makes a big run, maybe that'll change. But, but yeah, they, they'd, be, they'd definitely be stumbling into the NCAA tournament, which is not what you want to be doing. Well, it depends also what we hear on Brooks' status, you know. Who yeah. knows? Yep. I don't know. The fact that he was wearing a walking boot, and I don't understand why this team is so, like, hot. They've been so hot and cold these last, like, two weeks. I don't know. I just I don't understand how that happens. I mean, we talk about how Juwan Howard's the coach of the year. I feel like that doesn't happen to a team that is this, like, coach of the year team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if maybe, you know, coming off the COVID pause that they had, you know, they were rested, fired up, ready to play. So maybe that, like, sprung that, that run that they were on, and now maybe – Maybe they're a little gassed now. They have played a lot of games in a short amount of time. So maybe they're maybe they're running out of a little bit of gas. But that's not an excuse because everyone's playing a ton of games in a short amount of time. So that's not an excuse for Michigan. So so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they how they adjust. It sounds like so it sounds like Jared is a little bit falling off. 
Well, I'm not. It's Michigan. He needs some tequila. It's, it's no. <laughs> it's if Eli if I if Eli Brooks is fine, then I this game honestly I don't give two shits about it. But okay. if he's hurt, then that's the problem. Number one, two, and three, right there. Yeah, because right. we saw the team that we had. But this is basically just Tom Izzo showing that he's obviously a hell of a coach. And I mean, when you go against Tom Izzo two times every year, you're probably not going to sweep him. So. Yeah. So yeah, I guess uh, before we sign off, my my final thoughts are just I think Michigan State they knew they needed this game. They almost came out like with the mindset of like this is our last hope type of thing, and it's against Michigan, and they don't want Izzo to lose again to Juwan Howard. So I think they put it all out there. And Rocket Watts played a hell of a game. So you you almost like tip your he cap. did. So yeah, he played a hell of a game. Langford made the biggest shot of his career at Michigan that three at, or Michigan State yeah. that, yes. that three at the end of the game. So, so, yeah, it's almost one of those you tip your cap to Michigan State. I'll be curious to see how they play in the Big Ten tournament. And I think we've laid it out pretty well that the big thing with Michigan is Eli Brooks's health. Yeah. Because if, if he's out for two or three weeks or even if it ends up being like the rest of the season, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not that confident heading into tourney play. I'll, yeah, I'll just say this about Michigan State. I, they proved me wrong. I honestly didn't think they had this fight in them. Uh, I sort of thought that Michigan was going to kind of just roll them today, but – they showed me something that that maybe I was wrong about. Kind of saying maybe they. I'll say this: they earned their spot in the tournament today, which is yeah. which is all you can say. And they had the Hoiberg factor going today too. Plenty he didn't play bad. He <laughs> did no, not he play didn't. bad. He didn't hurt him. He didn't hurt him. <laughs> no. It's a, it's it's one of those things. Like, does it make you wonder? Like, why why was Lawyer getting minutes over Hoiberg? I I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we need to go that far. But. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a lawyer, let's just say, I think they're better with him in a sling than yeah. with a jersey oh, on his back. So <laughs> had, to, had to get that one in one more time. So uh, anything else on this game or uh, the tournament's coming up? No, no I'm, still, I think... I, I'm still excited, but, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting week to see how they, they recover from this and, and the whole Brooks thing. Definitely. Good deal. Well, we'll let, uh, we'll let Jared get back to his uh, body shots and his parties <laughs> at, at uh, Arizona Yeah, not State. quite. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for anyone out there on, on uh, Locker Room listening, again, we're Three Point Podcast. Just look on social media, Three Point Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts, look up Three Point Podcast to find us. And if you're listening on the podcast, again, this is on Locker Room app. It's free. Sign up and uh, join us anytime we're on here. So, So, yeah, we're signing off on Michigan, Michigan State, but we'll be back with a few more thoughts uh, to finish this podcast up. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. All right, guys, man, great hoop talk today, and why not? We're in March. But before we sign off, a couple small things I want to get into. Well, I'll start with this. Talking about hoop talk, I mean, the NBA, NBA All-Star game is taking place tonight, and there was all kinds of controversy about that. Originally, it was going to be an Indy, and then they finally shifted to uh, Atlanta, and it's just a one-day deal, and there was a lot of, lot of the big-time players didn't want to play in it. Just, you know, your guys' thoughts on that. I usually love I mean, the All-Star game, uh, and I feel like this is the same thing that everybody says every year, is is if LeBron James is for it, then everybody else is going to be for it, and it's going to be a great game. Since LeBron seems to not really care about it this year, he actually said that he flat out does not want to play in it. Right. I feel like it's going to be one of the worst All-Star games that we're going to see. <laughs> but when the fourth quarter comes and these guys are on the court, and I feel like the drafting of the teams kind of makes it a little bit more competitive for them. It, it's going to be fun to watch the All Star Game. If you hate on the All Star Game, you just you're not a basketball fan because it really is. It's dunks, it's three pointers, it's star players doing what they do best, and that's why I love watching it. Yeah, I, I normally I, I love the NBA. I love NBA All Star Weekend. I even like all the skill stuff. The, I still like the dunk contest. I like the three point contest. I still enjoy that stuff. But this year, I mean, I, I know like what you're saying, Jared. It, it'll be cool. Probably the last five, six minutes of the fourth quarter, they'll lock in and, and try and, you know, make a game of it. 
But it just, I, I personally, I wish they wouldn't have done it. Like, I already, I saw this morning that uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were in contact with a barber down in Atlanta who had COVID. Oh. So, like, they, they might have to, like, go through, you know, the contact tracing and all that kind of stuff. And we already know um, this isn't, like, a political statement or anything. Like, Atlanta has, in Georgia, has been completely, like, lax on all of their, you know, through this whole pandemic, the, the COVID stuff. So to send it down to Atlanta, bringing all those people in there, you know, friends, family, the players, media, you know, whatever, it just seems like a, a bad scenario. It just seems like a super spreader. It seems like it's going to be a super yeah. spreader event. I personally, you know, they should – I don't know. If I was commissioner, I would have voted for the All-Star Games. You know, you want to give these guys the recognition, vote for the All-Star Games, do the draft, do whatever you got to do, but just give these guys five days off. Just give them a five-day break. It was already a short off-season. You know, they already kind of, like, went right from the NBA Finals in the bubble to this regular season. Give these dudes five days off. They need to go home and just, like, chill for a few days. And I don't know. It just it it doesn't feel right doing this game this year. But I'll still watch. <laughs> I agree with you. And you you talk about uh, super spreaders. You think we're going to hear anywhere down the road? Because let's face it, we're three red blooded American men, and in Atlanta, some of the best strip clubs. <laughs> you think we're going to hear anything down the road of anybody that maybe strayed and uh, went to the clubs? It it wouldn't shock me. The thing that this is not I wouldn't I'm not like rooting for this at all, but it would be kinda interesting to see what if all the players just got quarantined. Like let's say they had an outbreak of COVID and all the best players in the NBA had to get quarantined for like three weeks and the all that's left is the remaining guys that didn't go to the all star weekend and so a guy like Devin Booker autom- automatically becomes like the best player in the NBA overnight for three weeks. That would be kinda fun to watch. I'm not gonna lie about that. That would be a heck of a story for sure. <laughs> All right, well, I'll be tuned in for that anyway, but it is definitely going to be different. I got one final thing for you, boys, uh, a condensed tedertainment comment. Uh, you, we all know uh, Eddie Murphy has the new movie out, uh, Coming to America, with the two in the middle, the number two, and it's on Amazon Prime for free. And I just happened to notice yesterday uh, to my wife, I said, I want to I watch the original again. It's been a long time since I've seen that, 1988 when it came out, and it happened to be playing on VH1 last night. So I, I rewatched it. I forgot how good it was, and and I just hope the new one. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I hope it, it lives up to the billing because sometimes you know how remakes just don't quite cut it. Any thoughts? You guys going to watch it? Get a chance to? Especially remakes that are done that long after the original. Mm-hmm. Like I, like Dumb and Dumber is one of my favorite comedies ever. Right. And you know they they did that fake sequel. You know a few years after, but then Horrendous. like the actual sequel with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels was like 20 years or whatever after the original, and I didn't even watch it because I saw some reviews, I saw some clips, and I was like, I I honestly still have not watched it because I'm like, I don't want to watch it. Like, it's going to ruin it. It's not even going to be funny. It's almost stupid because you're, like, trying too hard to be funny. So I I don't know. I've never actually sat down and watched all of Coming to America, the original. I've seen some clips and stuff, but so that's why I wouldn't be, like, the best judge of the the second one that just came out because – I don't even really know the original that well. I, well, I watched it last night. And I forgot really that it was, and, and Jared likes these kind of, I mean, we all like these kind of movies, you know, r- romantic comedies, and that's basically what it was. But, I mean, it, it was it was, it was was excellent. So if you get a chance, yeah. I'd watch the whole thing. Oh, Coming to America is a great movie, uh, one of my favorite comedies. Uh, Matt, I will say Dumb and, it's funny that you bring up Dumb and Dumber in terms of, like, bad sequels because something about this Coming to America sequel just reeks of Dumb and Dumber 2 which I, when I was a freshman in high school and I went opening night with about 20 of my other friends, like it was something we marked on the calendar, bought our tickets months in advance. <laughs> we're waiting for it. And I seriously was almost crying as I left the theater. It was that bad. It's <laughs> maybe the worst movie ever made. So please God, do not ever watch it. Yeah. it so yeah. that's what I'll say. But I, I, I love coming to America. I'm going to watch this, whether reviews are good or bad, but. I just hope it's not going to be Dumb and Dumber too. Yeah, I'm going to watch it too. The the reviews are kind of mixed, so I'm going to go in with a clear head. But uh, I'll be checking it out. We'll we'll give f- full review on uh, next Tedertainment tonight. All right, fellas, anything else we need to wrap up here before we sign off? You got anything else you want to put on the table? Yeah, we're we're talking a lot about college basketball. We're in March. Uh, one of our favorite sponsors, our favorite spot to grab some food and oh, yeah. watch some sports, Rivals Tap House and Grill. We've done it the last couple of years. We're going to be reopening. 
the bracket challenge again with rivals to win some prizes and stuff. So, so yeah, just wanted to mention that. No, that's I'm glad you did because uh, we've had a lot of success with that with a lot of people participating and you know again I'll I'll put a blatant plug out for our podcast because we're doing pretty we you know we're on a kind of a slow grow if you will you know what I mean people are they're spreading the word we're getting more and more listeners and even when we put these little quick videos out you know two minute videos each of us get a little segment I mean the last one we did after the Michigan Michigan State game had eleven thousand views I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I will say this about Rivals. One good thing about Rivals, well, not one good thing, but one of the many good things about Rivals, not only are we doing the bracket challenge, but their food, the mm-hmm. the quantities. Uh, because when I was eating here, uh, very first night I was here, went with my whole family uh, to a nice, like, super expensive steak restaurant. I kid you not, I got a crab cake meal. It was literally two little inch-round crab <laughs> cakes for $40 and a steak that was uh, well, probably about two or three ounces. You don't get that at Rivals. Uh, you do not get that rivals. It's great prices, and it's just honestly way better food than anything I've had out here. So, yeah, I'm, the the first thought that came into my mind, I, I agree with you 100 percent on rivals. But the thought that popped in my mind, I'm not sure that uh, a desert destination is my first stop for seafood. Just a thought. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of the same thing. Like people, even in Michigan, if you're looking for like legitimate like ocean seafood, or if you're in Middle America and you're you're right. looking for seafood like that it's kind of like well where where are they getting this seafood from <laughs> never frozen <laughs> right right yeah all right guys let's call it a wrap and everybody out there listening follow us at three point pod let our partners know you listen in they include advanced elevator corona connection the corona public schools hankered sportswear rivals tap house and grill nelson house funeral homes sheridan auction service success group mortgage and servicing and z92.5 the castle by the way the next z92.5 game of the week is coming up this friday march 12th it'll i'll be back at the new lothrop gym chessonine at new lothrop hope you can tune in for that one for jared fatel and matt burns I'm Ted Patel. Thank you again for listening to and supporting our partners. So long, everybody. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.